Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And before we get into all the NBA trades and free agent moves that are all going on in basketball, I have to talk about your jersey that you got on, BJ, right now. For the listeners at home, BJ's repping the Dreamville, Charlotte, Hornets, Mitchell, and Ness jersey. And I, uh, I, I'm not only jealous, I, I'm just like, I, I'm like, a, I'm, I'm taken aback by how great it looks. So, uh, Shout out, I, to the, shout out to Mitchell and Ness and that I, Yes, shout out to Mitchell and Ness. I wore this especially for you. Thank you. And it is officially yours, but I just wanted to get one <laughs> wear out of it because I knew when I opened this, I said, there is one person who will wear this mm. with such pride. Yes. Well, it's actually two yes. people. You and J. Cole. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of us. The two of us. So, but I wanted to get at least one wear out of it, you know, to let (laughs) you see it so that you could smile and put a smile on your face. Mission accomplished. It's yours, Tate. This is all yours. I'm just holding it. I'm just holding this for you. This, I wore this especially for you. This is all you right here. I want you to see the Charlotte. It's got the whole thing, Dreamville. And um, so when you see J. Cole and all your guys back home, you know. You tell them where they can get this at Mitchell well, and Ness. I will. It's Thanksgiving week, but I feel like it's Christmas right now because you just guaranteed me this gift. And usually, you know, it's it's the old adage when you drive off the lot that the price goes down on a car. But when you put that jersey on, BJ, for some reason, I think the price goes up. So I, well, I, yeah, it's, it's I, all I feel you. Good about it's, that. It's, it's all yours now. So feel free to do with it, with it, whatever you like, my friend. It's it's you. It's your world right now. It's Dreamville, and it's your world. I love it. I love it. I'm in North Carolina, so I'm in Dreamville country, and uh, that, that's a good place to be. But BJ, like I said at the top of the show, we got a lot of movement uh, in the NBA world. We got a lot of trades that were going on. We got a lot of free agency moves, and I want to start with the defending champions, right? Because why not? We're going to talk about the LA Lakers. Last year, they win the bubble championship. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. We all remember that. It, you know, was a couple months ago. You know, it wasn't too far away. But now they got a totally different roster. They trade for Schroeder. They signed the sixth man of the year, Montrez Harrell from the Clippers. And, and just from the outside looking in, BJ, uh, what do you? What is your takeaway from the defending champs? Because they're obviously not sitting around. They're, they traded a starter in Danny Green. They're making a lot of moves. They are making a lot of moves. Certainly there, there's no grass growing under their feet. <laughs> they are moving and they're shaking. Yep. And they got some big names. Mm-hmm. And in a town where – Clearly, it's a it's a place of stars, and mm. we're out here in Hollywood. We're out here in La La Land. They get rid of some players, and then they bring in some star players. They bring in Schroeder, they bring in Montrez Harrell, mm-hmm. they bring in Mark Gasol. Those are mm. big names, and with those big names comes expectations. And the thing that I'm interested in is to see how it all fits together. As you know, Tate, this is a a, a league where small ball is in fashion. It's here to stay. <laughs> And their biggest advantage is playing their power forward, which is Anthony Davis at the center position and allows them to play small, but actually he's a big and he's Mm. probably, well, I should even say probably he is the best in the league at doing that. He, he plays the game at the five position as well as anyone in today's game. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, I think it looks good. It looks good on paper. But mm. chemistry, minutes, but more importantly, how you match up with the opposing team is going to be the true test. So I'm excited to see how this will kind of play itself out and to see the adjustments that are going to be made. Because there's two things we know about the NBA. They're going to play small. Yep. And they're going to play against screen roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there are a couple of centers that we know that are 
you know, dominant bigs in the league in a league where you don't play big anymore. And that's Jokic in the West. And we mm -hmm. know Joel Embiid. You can't guard those guys with smaller players. And we saw that this year in the playoffs, in particular with Jokic when he played in the playoffs. He was terrific, and you have to guard him with a bigger body because he's so strong and he's um, and now he's agile in his uh, his new body. <laughs> you know, the most charming player in the NBA, as I like to refer to him as. So we'll see, but it looks like uh, moves that they're making with this idea. We're going to try to run this thing back, and we'll see how it plays out. Well, I think the most interesting uh, wrinkle in all of this, right, when you look at the Lakers and running it back is, you know, the the, the fact that Rajon Rondo, a guy that came in there and was able to take some of those duties away, those point guard duties away from LeBron James. So as a point guard, BJ, I just want to ask you, I mean, how much will the Lakers miss Rondo and having someone that has, you know, obviously the intelligence, the IQ as a basketball player of Rondo, but the reliability of a veteran that they can just lean on and say, hey, you and Anthony Davis take over this game. Well, we have to give LeBron James credit for this and mm -hmm. what he was able to do and, and make this adjustment. He played a certain style of play during the regular season, which was totally different in the playoffs. During the regular mm -hmm. season, LeBron James was a 6'8", 260-pound-plus point guard Yep, who really utilized his ability to pass over the top of the defense mm -hmm. to facilitate and do all the things that you know a point guard would do. In the playoffs, you not only have to have a predominant score, you have to have at least two predominant scores. Rondo played critical uh, minutes for them because he came in, was that facilitator, mm -hmm. which allowed LeBron James to be a predominant scorer along with Anthony Davis. Now, mm -hmm. that was totally different. You know, if you remember, Tate, I said at the beginning of the playoffs that LeBron James is going to have to score 30 or more points. Yep. in order for this team to win. Yep. And to his credit, the answer was getting Rondo back in the fold. And that was key for the Lakers' run because it allowed LeBron James to take some responsibility off of his plate. Not only did he have to score, but being able to facilitate with the team, and he settled into that role. I think what they're doing with Schroeder's move is with the same idea. How can we take more responsibility off of LeBron so mm -hmm. that LeBron can be LeBron when it's time to do that because um, he's still a tough, you know, guard in this league with his size and, and what he's doing. And Father Time seemed like it hasn't caught up with him yet. But as we know, Father Time is undefeated. We just don't know when it's going to get to LeBron James at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned Rondo and like the first eight games before the playoffs started in the bubble, the Lakers did not look like the Lakers that, you know, thrive in the playoffs. And obviously Rondo had a wrist injury. He comes back right before the playoffs and they're a totally different team. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously with the Lakers, I want to stay in LA. We're going to look at the Clippers because they're sixth man of the year. Montrez Harrell, a, a guy that had become, you know, synonymous when you think about the LA Clippers and their mantra of trying to be gritty and that the old core, quote unquote, with Pat Beverly, Lou Will, Montrez Harrell. He decides to go to the rival team, goes to the Lakers, and the the Clippers sign Serge Ibaka. I mean, what is the uh, what is the outlook or what is the uh, the perception around the league with the Clippers? Because I've seen a lot of Twitter people, BJ, obviously saying that the Clippers are having a terrible offseason and things like this, but they still have Kawhi Leonard, they still have Paul George. Like I said, they signed Serge Ibaka, so they're still making moves and there's still moves to be made. What it appears to be, without talking to anyone there in the Clippers, so I just want to make that before I say yeah. what I think. Uh, what it appears to me 
is a is a problem with chemistry. Mm -hmm. That's what it appears to me. Because why would you not re-sign the sixth man of the year? That's yep. a big time loss. And Montrez said that he wanted to resign. He, he said yes. that they, yeah, he put that. And out I, I, yeah. I don't know this. I haven't verified this, yep. but it appears to be that they have some level of, of chemistry or something that's going on within their team. Mm -hmm. All of the moves that they made, you know, Doc Rivers, you know, Doc Rivers is an excellent coach. Yep. Then suddenly you just lose Montrez Harrell out of nowhere. I think everyone in the league was like, okay, what's, what's going on here? So something was going on internally with this team that clearly they are working through. And, you know, you, you go through this as a team. When you don't meet the expectations of the group or the expectations that you set forth, something needs to happen. Now, maybe this is a better fit for this group with Serge Ibaka. Maybe there are some other moves that they have in place or something that they're looking at that they're going to move here as we – you know, enter into the start of the season. Mm -hmm. But clearly there was something going on with the group. There was a lot of things that was reported that happened down there in the bubble. I don't know if it was true or not. You know, none of us were down there. But clearly there was something that was going on and something needed to, to change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I can speak for all Clippers and the Clipper Nation here. The season didn't end in the fashion that the Clippers were looking you know, at the start of the season. Yep. At the very least, everyone, myself included, was anticipating a Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. And that season was cut short by the Denver Nuggets. So mm. I think they figure, I think what they're thinking, they have to do something different and we'll see how this turns out. And you mentioned the Nuggets because I, I think I, I want to keep it in the West right now. The Nuggets obviously became a, a darling, you know, in the playoff run. Jokic, like you said, he, he's the most charming big man around. People fell in love with Jokic and the pick and roll with him and Jamal Murray. But one of those guys on their team that was very pivotal was Jeremy Grant. And this is going to, you know, lead us into the Detroit Pistons conversation. Jeremy Grant, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of teams wanted him. A lot of contenders wanted him. Mm -hmm. But the Detroit Pistons, who were out, one of the eight teams outside the bubble, they were able to convince him to, to sign a deal there. Troy Weaver, who we've had on the program here, gets him to go there. He's been given uh, the reins of the offense in some capacity. W what's going on in Detroit? Uh, it seems like they're trying to make some noise, and, and we'll get to it. I mean, the Hawks are making some noise. The Hornets make some noise with Gordon Hayward. But let's first start with the Pistons when they signed Jeremy Grant. Well, you know, there's two trains of thought that has become prevalent in the NBA. You have the one where you see these teams acquiring assets, draft mm -hmm. picks, so mm -hmm. forth and so on. And the that's thunder. one, yeah. that's one thought. Mm -hmm. And then you have another thought where you're trying to improve and compete because when you step into that locker room, you only have a limited amount of time to compete and compete at that level. And so there's always this, this tug, if you will, to, look out into the future and say, we have to prepare for the future, but also you have to have the ability to compete and turn around your organization or turn around your culture as quickly as you can. Because mm -hmm. as you build good habits in this league, and that's winning, you also can build bad habits in this league, and that's losing. And mm -hmm. that is the, that's the juggle act, if you will, that you're seeing. I personally really like what the Pistons did because they upgraded their talent significantly from last year, from top mm -hmm. to bottom with their roster. It's a significant upgrade, whether it's Jeremy Grant, 
Mason Plumley, Killian Hayes, Derrick Rose coming back. Hopefully Blake Griffin will get back in the fold. Yep. You add nice pieces, Josh Jackson, young players who could come in are still evolving, still maturing. So I like what they did overall to upgrade their talent level because what teams are doing now is the following. I mean, this seems to be the formula of the NBA. You acquire all these draft picks, you acquire all of these picks, and you do all of these things for the future with the idea we're going to get a player in the lottery. Mm -hmm. I have yet to speak to a coach and I've spoken to all 30 of them who is looking for help in the draft. The draft today isn't what it was when you were getting Patrick Ewing and Akeem yep. Olajuwon yep. and David Robinson and Tim Duncan. These are these are guaranteed stars that were coming it's into a, the NBA. The, the yeah. draft today is a different it's a different scenario than it was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So now you're getting these young players to come into the league and they need time. So if you look at the, the if you look at the teams who are competing at the highest level, for the most part, with the exception this year of the Miami Heat, which was an exception to the rule, that's why we were all so stunned. When you get a Tyler Hero and a Duncan Robinson are playing quality minutes in deep in the playoffs, that's kind of an anomaly yeah. in the NBA. Mm -hmm. For the most part, every coach, every organization is looking for the following if you're going to be a good team. That's called experience. And you want experienced players because you want battle tested players who've been through, who've had a little, you know, they've had a little adversity in their life, in their career to be able to absorb the ups and downs and the flows of a playoff run that you're going to need to go to to try to get those 16 wins. So I like what the Pistons have done because they said, you know what? We have a philosophy here, which is we expect you to be professional and we expect you to compete. And anyone who's ever played sports at any level, you have to respect that. You may not win every game, but trying to win every game to me is a very important makeup that you have to have, a psychological makeup that you have to have at this level. When you bring these young players into a locker room and after two or three years, they continue to lose, I think it psychologically it damages the player. Yep. Because the player doesn't understand what it means to walk into an arena with the idea, I expect to win. So I think that is the philosophy of the team. I think those are really good players. I think overall, if one or two or maybe all of those players develop, they will have a nice group to work with. And then you go from there. But I don't like the idea of just acquiring personally. I don't like the idea of just acquiring draft picks. I know that's a that's an idea that's kind of, you know, going around the NBA. And it's and it, look, it's certainly a, a difference of opinion. I respect it. I understand it. But overall, you just want a chance and you want a chance to do it, not at the detriment of what you're going to do for the future, but at least give your guys in the locker room the respect that everyone re deserves when they come into the locker room i just want a chance and then if that doesn't happen you make the appropriate steps and you move in in the direction that you need to move in for your organization and bj you you bring up that and i i know midas is with us i don't want to bring up his sixers right now but i i kind of feel like that is the uh the, the crux of the conversation this decade when you talk about the process 
and you know what every team is kind of trying to do they're trying to either go full process or they're trying to do what Jerry Colangelo did when he came in to the Sixers after the process which is we need to create a culture that wins because we don't want to have these young guys like you said three years in the league all we've known is losing so our confidence is broken and we don't know if we right. can get you back into the fold so everyone's trying to find that sweet spot and uh, I, I think the Pistons are uh, an interesting team to watch to see if they can kind of find that and then you talk about some of their young talent you have a Killian Hayes is a pick and roll player with a Mason Plumley, you know, on paper, that sounds like that would be a good fit, right? You know, a guy that just went to the Western Conference Finals, knows how to play that, you know, be a good pick and roll guy. Um, and Plumley works out there. They trade Tony Bradley, who was a strong center they brought in for Zaire Williams, who was on the Sixers, a guy that was a processor that could turn out to be like Josh Jackson, a guy that could mm-hmm. develop and become a good player. So, there's pieces to watch with the Pistons. Another team I wanted to bring up, uh, talking about you know big signees and big moves, the, the Atlanta Hawks are a right. team that have a star in Trey Young, um, in their opinion. They're trying to put pieces around him. They signed Danilo Gallinari, a guy that you know obviously had a great season last year with OKC, was a coveted you know free agent for a lot of contenders. They get him there. Bogdanovich, another guy that you know had a Bucks trade that fell through. He ends up going to Atlanta. You brought that up to us, said that right. that seemed a little fishy. So now he's going down to Atlanta. So the, the Hawks seem to be pushing their chips in to make a run right now to uh, to actually contend and go for the playoffs, right? Well, again, you, you can see this this mentality of what you're seeing in the NBA is you suddenly, you know, are trying to figure out, you know, as you said, I think you said it best. What is the sweet spot of, you know, look, you got to prepare for the future. I think that's a responsibility that every executive and every, you know, person that works in the organization has. But you also have a responsibility to now because yep. you are in in the moment, you know, as we speak and suddenly now the Atlanta Hawks are like, okay, we have a good young player in Trey mm. Young. They have good young talent. And all of a sudden, now they feel a responsibility to find out if all of that development and all of those things are truly going to work. Mm-hmm. And they've pushed all of their chips into the middle of the table with the idea of what the league and how they construct these teams, right? It's just two things that are very, you know, at the top of the list for every team pace. Mm-hmm. and space so they've <laughs> added exceptional shooters to the wing and Danilo Gallinari and the kid Badanovich. they are terrific mm-hmm. shooters now at some point someone's going to have to get a stop I would hope <laughs> <laughs> you know if it's a shooting contest give it to the Atlanta to the Atlanta Hawks this year but someone's going to have to play so now if this doesn't work what's the next move but on paper by the mentality and 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 the the philosophy that you see that's running rapid in the NBA, they have players, they have shooters, mm. uh, they have depth. They got Rondo and they and they got some other players that are there. And now they want to see if it all comes together and it's going to have to come together very quickly. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on the players and the coaching staff because this is a very unusual year to say the least and an unusual Mm -hmm. set of circumstances because we had the draft on the 18th free agency started on the 20th by the way training camp starts december 1st and our first game is december 22nd with all of these new players in so good luck yeah yeah. really that's, that's all you can say and hopefully you're winning because clearly management the ownership there are saying you know, we're, we're, we're raising our level of expectations and that's that's going to clearly fall on 
the, the, you know, the shoulders of the players and ultimately the coach. And continuity is one of those things in the NBA that I remember Andrew Bogut told me this about the Warriors in 2015. He was like, we all just know each other. We played with each other for four or five years. There, there's a familiarity there and you can't really quantify what continuity means. And obviously when you make a lot of different moves, you know, things are, you have to figure out those peaks pieces and, you know, you bring in someone like Rondo who can hopefully in a vacuum mentor Trey Young at some level. So, you know, the Hawks have a lot of pieces to figure out, uh, you know, two teams that are obviously in, in, you know, always in the conversation when you look at the East, the Toronto Raptors, they keep continuity. They get Fred, Fred Ben and Vliet back to come back uh, to play point guard for them. The Miami Heat, they keep continuity. Goran Dragic said that if he didn't resign with Miami, Jimmy Butler was going to come down there and, and rough him up. So he decided to resign in Miami. It, it, are those two teams, teams to, I guess, keep an eye on, watch out for to, to have big, big seasons just for the sheer fact that they do have that continuity? Well, Miami is interesting because at least I'm going to admit it. I don't know if anyone else is going to. I didn't. I didn't pick them to be the best team coming out of the East a year mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. Yeah. And give them credit again for staying competitive. To me, that's what this. That's why you play sports. You learn how to compete. Yep. And give them credit for you know keeping themselves and giving themselves a chance. That's all you can ask for. And I didn't really have them picked to do what they did a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I have to, you know, I have to be honest. So when I see Coach Riley, I have to say, hey, Coach, I didn't have you coming out of the East, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I, 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 I like I like their team. I like what they've added. They, they lose Crowder, who I thought was a, a big part of their organization mm -hmm. uh, a year ago. But then they add, you know, Avery Bradley, and then they replace, I think, Mo Harkless, I think, yep. uh, as another yep. player that they acquired. So. I like what they're doing because their team is built to me, which all great teams have to have. You have to have talent, obviously, and you have to have toughness. This mm -hmm. is a very tough minded group mm -hmm. and they bring that attitude every single every single game. They may not be the most gifted players in the league, but certainly they're connected with this mindset. No one's going to be tougher than us. Every 50 50 ball, every loose ball, there's no hesitation in the shots that they take, you know, Duncan Robinson knows exactly what he's supposed to do. Tyler Hero knows exactly what he's supposed to do mm -hmm. and so forth and so on. So I like their connective tissue that they have. They're, yep. they're, they're connected. They all come in with the same idea. Spo, I thought did one of his best coaching jobs thus far. I think he's well on his way to being a hall of fame coach in this league. And uh, I, I, now I'm expecting them to continue to do and, and build off what they uh, were able to build off last year. And, and those are the, you know, the top tier teams in the, in the East, obviously teams that are compete, you know, for a championship and, you know, a, a team like Boston makes a move for Tristan Thompson. We've seen some of those contenders, obviously at the top make moves to try to upgrade their roster. I want to talk about the Jersey that you have on right now, the Charlotte Hornets, which I think is probably, if not the most interesting, uh, the most fascinating when you think about play styles and players in general that are going to be playing together. They draft LaMelo Ball, uh, number three overall in the NBA draft. Obviously, a lot of young people like me, BJ, we're very excited to see what that experiment looks like. But they also, on the flip side, you know, you talk about trying to find the sweet spot. This is the antithesis of LaMelo Ball. They signed Gordon Hayward, four years, $120 million, $30 million a year, highest paid player on the roster now. And they're going to mesh those two worlds together. So you got the seasoned vet in Gordon Hayward, who's been up in Boston the past three years, didn't really find um, you know, his footing there. He was trying to, to see what was going on. Tatum obviously took a leap, Jalen Brown. you know. So he goes on to Charlotte, gets a new home. 
I mean, this should be a reality TV show, right? Just just the fact that this this Charlotte team, Bismack goes back to Charlotte. We're obviously excited for Bismack to be back there. Right. But the, the cameras will be on and there will be a show there because it's going to be a fascinating uh, a style of play, I think, between, you know, Gordon and LaMelo. And then obviously you got Devontae Graham, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, all those young guys. It's going to be an interesting mix to see what it looks like. Well, I love it when you get excited, and I know when you get excited. <laughs> you just raise the octaves here. You know, yeah, look at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're going to be doing during the NBA season. You'll be tuned in to the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, and you can catch I me on League Pass. I think you're right. You know, again, it's that delicate balance between, you know, acquiring all of these young players that they mm. have over the last over the last couple of years. You know, whether it's P.J. Washington, you know, um, you know, they have the kid, uh, Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges, Devontae yep. Graham, and all of the young guys that they've acquired. And then if you're going to try to win in this league, you have to have experience. Yep. So whether that's bringing back Bismack to anchor their defense, Gordon Hayward, so forth and so on, Terry Rozier, you're going to have to have this balance. Now, LaMelo, LaMelo Ball is a very talented player. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of what I see from afar, what I have seen of this young man. He has size. He's an exceptional passer. Yeah, he has a, a understanding of really how to play the game. And I think he can play with other good players. Now, mm. how that's going to translate, is that going to be a one-year process, a two-year process, a three-year process? That is the question. And, and we have to, you know, this league, if you will, is about one thing. It's about performance. It's not mm. about potential. He got drafted on his potential. Now, how quickly is we're going to take that potential and actually perform and perform to a way it's going to affect the bottom line. So, but I love what I see. Uh, I think he will be fun. I think, um, you know, he reminds me of one of our good friends here on the program, Jamal Crawford. He mm. reminds me of a, of a young Jamal Crawford. I mean, he's a fun player to watch. He does things, he passes. It's he, flair, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of fun in this game. He's like a wild colt. You know, you just got to let him go. <laughs> and, you know, you can't, you, you know, it's like trying to put Jamal Crawford in, in screen roll. No, you just got to let Jamal do what Jamal is going to do. And mm -hmm. I think he has the same, but I really like him. And um, I, I think it was a great pick by them. It brings excitement in the building. Young people like yourself, you're excited. You're excited to see it. Now, if LaMelo Ball... I just want to know what LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward are going to talk about on the Yeah, bus. me that, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, to me, I'm more excited about that. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> what, what is I that would, conversation like? And if, if Gordon Hayward <laughs> comes there with an open mind, I expect Gordon Hayward to have fun playing with these young guys, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, it just reminds me, I didn't really understand this until I got much older in the league. I remember watching Magic Johnson's enthusiasm how it rubbed off on Kareem later in his career. Mm -hmm. You know, LaMelo Ball, I mean, you know, just saying his name, you know, you smile because, you know, you don't know really what to expect. Yeah. If if Gordon can allow LaMelo's, and if he is good as they say he is, mm -hmm. I mean, it could be an interesting dynamic because LaMelo is like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, yep. But he really, he's very interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just watching him. He's a very interesting player. If LaMelo can infuse the team with that level of energy where you say, you know what? We may not win the game, but we're going to be entertaining and we're going to yep. be fun. and yep. We're going to compete. And I think this could be they're in the process, in my opinion, of doing something very unique. 
because everyone has something to prove. And I love it when players have something to prove. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward is going to come there trying to prove that he was worth every penny of that. Yeah. You know, he's had some injuries, but that young man there, remember, he's an all-star. He's a very good player. And there were a lot of suitors out there for him. That's why he got that contract. So yep. he's going to have something to prove. I think um, the organization wants to prove something. I think these young players are going to have something to prove. And I think they could be a fun group. I mean, Miles yep. Bridges and Alley Oops, I could see a lot of interesting things happening there. And if if it works out, they got something cooking down there in Charlotte. And we'll all be wearing Dreamville shirts. We'll <laughs> all be wearing, you know, we'll be, the buzz is back. The buzz is yep. back in town. But I like what they've done because, again, out of respect to anyone who puts on that uniform, you have to give those young men and young women and all the people who play an opportunity to win and give them an yep. opportunity. And I think for those young players there, bringing in a Gordon Hayward, bringing back a Bismack Biombo, bringing back veterans who played in the playoffs and played meaningful games, that's important. Because as a young mm-hmm. player, I can tell you this, my most meaningful conversations is, uh, is that I had as a young player kid as a young player in this league were with the veteran players yep and i think that's important it's something that's really undervalued in this league but i think this is a right combination it has the potential to be a really fun thing i just wish we had a microphone that we could really find out what is the conversation between those two because it, it that would be fun that would be fun to listen in on yeah i think it needs to have like a last dance like they just follow the team the whole season and they just film everything that's going on and i i I do think, you know, you know, we here in America, like, you know, there's a lot of people that say that, that we're all so divided. I think LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward becoming best friends could bring America together. You know what I mean? You know what? They're so unlikely. It would just be the greatest duo of all time. I, I just want to know, what would they talk about? Like, like I could see LaMelo Ball say, you know, eating fast food. And I can yeah. see Gordon Hayward, you know, Gordon Hayward is probably. He's at Whole Foods. Yeah, he's yeah. at Whole Foods. He's probably the most disciplined, you know. But I can just see this being, this is a sitcom. This is like. Yeah. This is yep. the kind of content that mm. I want is LaMelo yeah. Ball. I just want to see LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward hanging out at each other's yeah. house. I, all, I, all I hear in my head is the Different Strokes theme songs. You know, it takes different <laughs> strokes to rule the world. And I, just those two guys just walking down the street in Charlotte. That could be it. That could can, be you, it. can you see LaMelo coming over to his house for Thanksgiving? That would be great. <laughs> what you talking about, Melo? Yeah, and then, was, and then it'd, be like, it'd be like, G. They're going to call him G. He's going to be like, yeah, I can see Gordon like, who's G? You know what I mean? Like, G, <laughs> come on over and hang out with us and play whatever, oh, PlayStation man. whatever. So, But I think it, I, I like it, though. I, I really like LaMelo, all jokes aside I, I really like his talent and yep. um you know unfortunately he won't get a chance to play in summer league and, and make the adjustment that normal rookies have a chance so he's gonna have to do this on the fly but i think it's uh i, I think it has potential and, and uh i'm looking forward to it yeah if there's anything i know about the ball family uh, based on lonzo and what i've seen of leangelo and Lamelo, they love to throw lobs and when you got a guy like miles bridges on your team a guy that loves to catch lobs and throw them down for the moment i mean it's going to be a fun team to watch i'm not going to say they're going to break the bank and win a bunch of games but they will be fun and, and we mentioned westbrook on the last show about going to somewhere like charlotte getting a change of scenery that's what hayward's getting he's getting into right. a new fresh place fresh faces around him, just playing basketball, being in Charlotte. I think it'll be good for everybody. So I know the haters, you know, were, were laughing at the contract and things like that, but I'm actually kind of excited, BJ. I think, yeah, I think it's good. I, I agree. I agree with you, Tate. I, I agree. And you know what? He's a really good player. And he's mm-hmm. had some unfortunate injuries over the last couple of years. 
But if that young man, knock on wood, if he can stay healthy, I think this will work out for everyone. Yeah, and this is uh, this is our final you know point is before we get out of here. Obviously, we're trying to do a free agency roundup. All these teams. Uh, Demarcus Cousins goes to the Rockets. I thought that was a nice thing to see. He goes and works out down there and gets a deal. Um, it, just looking at the league and the landscape, BJ. Is there any is there any moves that we should be keeping an eye on? I know John Wall trade rumors. They've been both put out, and also the GM comes out and says that th- that will not happen. We obviously still are waiting on you know Westbrook and Harden to see what may happen there. Uh, is there any big trades that we should see on the horizon, or should we just sit back and, and sit tight because it seems like everything may be set? Yeah, well, there's one organization, the New York Knicks. We should keep our eye on them because they still have mm. cap space. So the Knicks clearly have cap space. Now, what are they going to do? They've been very patient. You know, at the beginning of this, when they renounced a few players, we didn't know yep. if that meant they were going to be a player in free agency or they're going to mm-hmm. be aggressive. But they've remained very patient in what they're trying to do. So let's look out for the Knicks. I think we have to continue to watch what they're going to do up there in Brooklyn. Mm. OK, because they have some young players, right? They have some pieces that are very yep. valuable pieces, right? And Dinwiddie, uh, Lavert, uh, Jared Allen. They just signed. They just signed Joe Harris back on a deal. So, yep. so they have some pieces, and I think the obvious is what they're going to do there in Houston. You know, mm. you know, Houston. You know, we have a problem. We got a problem. Down there. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is, but we know something is going on down there. So mm-hmm. we got to find out what Houston's going to do. Is James Harden? Is he coming? Is he going? Did they resolve the issue? And then that's going to have a obviously a big effect on Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and what he's going to do there. So, you know, with a contract that both of those players have, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, there's only a couple of places that they can go. And when you look at it in the landscape, you know, Russell Westbrook and John Wall, they match up, you know, James Harden, Brooklyn, they match up and you got to find maybe another team that can absorb some of these contracts or put in a three-way deal. So the Knicks, And, of course, you can never underestimate our good friend down there in OKC, Sam Presti. Mm -hmm. He seems like he's in on every deal, (laughs) ready to take a draft pick or two. Yeah, he's he's like, give me a draft pick. I'll trade you anybody. So we know in the next few years that the draft will be in Oklahoma City for the next Mm -hmm. five years. He has Mm -hmm. every draft pick. So um, we'll have to see. I think that will, you know, will kind of be the teams that I'll be looking out for here as we continue in free agency. To move around, I think some roster spots will come open. Maybe some teams will add a piece here or there. So, uh, but overall, I was really pleased with how free agency turned out. I wasn't sure what the teams were going to do, provided the economics of the league prior to free agency, knowing what we've gone through, going through a bubble. But give yep. the league, the players, and the owners credit for figuring out a way to keep pushing, keep it literally moving forward. And here we are, Tate, and uh, basketball is uh, its almost back, my friend. It seemed like we yeah. just finished. I <laughs> know, exactly. And uh, we, we only caught our breath, and it felt like it, it's right here again. And like, like you said, BJ, I mean, uh, you know, for all the fodder around the NBA about the, the headaches that were going to come in free agency and things like that, it, it went pretty smoothly, at least from the outside looking in. And I think there were some good moves made by some franchises to, to put themselves in contention, obviously. And I think that's always good for the league because, like you said, we're here to compete. So if teams are upgrading and trying to get better and trying to take that next step, that's good for basketball um, and that's good for the NBA. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And the, and the one thing we didn't, we just want to make sure here, Clay Thompson's injury, that was... Oh, yeah. I, I feel really bad for him. Anytime any player gets hurt or get, gets injured, I always feel awful because injuries are part of the game. And, and I know how hard he worked to come back from the AC, ACL injury. 
and then suddenly for this to happen. So I just want to give a shout out to him and his family and what he's going through. And I know that's devastating and having a chance to speak with the people there in Golden State. Um, I know how they feel about the person, let alone what happened to him, uh, you know, physically. But I think that's a devastating injury for anyone to have, um, yep. especially coming off of a significant injury. And then, you know, what the organization, because they had high expectations, especially playing out there in the West Conference, what they went through last year. But give Bob and those guys credit. They've kind of piecemealing it together. Yep, and Kelly Oubre goes Kelly there. Kelly yep. Oubre and, and trying to just figure out. You're just trying to do the best you can. So, again, you know, you don't know what hand you're dealt. you got to play the hand that you're dealt. But certainly uh, that was a significant blow to the uh, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, we are sending our thoughts and prayers, well wishes, all the above to uh, the Thompson family and specifically Clay. And I just wanted to point out, I mean, in an NBA, everyone is competing with each other. There are a lot of players that have, you know, different, you know, outlooks on different players. They may not like him because obviously we're competing. But Clay Thompson is universally beloved. And that's saying something for someone that was winning championships that was you know kind of changing basketball a lot of times those guys may not be like but clay thompson has always been universally adored and respected by his peers and uh that always says a lot to me and you could see the reaction steph obviously um said that he broke down in tears when he found out the news so i mean there is a there's obviously a love and an admiration for what he brings to the game of basketball so we're all hoping that clay gets better soon yeah you know and you talk about that continuity you talk about that chemistry well Every, every now and then in life, you'll find it. And certainly mm-hmm. all of those guys, they are connected for life. Yeah. What they were able to achieve, what everything that they went through there. So, and uh, you just feel awful. When I heard the news, I just, I just felt awful. I remember it was doing the draft and just didn't want it to be true because yep. he worked so hard. And I know that young man personally, you know, I know his dad and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I know he's, you know, he just worked so hard, but that's the way sports goes. And yep. uh, you never know. He's an Iron Man. He never had, he never would miss a game. I mean, he was considered one of the tough guys in this league. And suddenly yeah. now he's had two injuries like that. But uh, if anyone can get through this, he certainly can. And um, let's, you know, hope for him and uh, his family that he's back out there playing because, uh, you know, we all can use a little clay in our life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We all need more clay and uh, clay's the best. And uh, of course, this is Thanksgiving week, BJ. Uh, this is our our last, you know, free agency, quote unquote, roundup. We're going to have a nice guest uh, on Friday. Bill Cartwright's going to come on the show. The teacher, give us some yes. lessons uh, about life. We're very excited about that. But uh, before we get out of here, just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Appreciate all the listeners, all the pushing through, uh, you know, fans who have followed us from the start. We, uh, we're happy to be at Thanksgiving. We're happy to have basketball back. And I know you're happy to have Detroit Lions football on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was a tough week for my Detroit Lions last week. I mean, <laughs> 20 to, you know, against your, your, your Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Your, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, against your Panthers. I guess it's, uh, I'm down in Charlotte right now. I guess all around basketball, <laughs> football. It's been tough for us, but you know what? We keep fighting in Detroit. That's what we do. We keep yep. fighting up there. that warrior spirit. It's gonna come, it's gonna come oh, back man. on Thanksgiving. You know I have what? a good mojo this year. Yeah, you know what? I, I I've been asking myself for a lifetime. I've been going. I've been doing this now for fifty three years. Next yep. year, but here we are. I'm gonna hang in there with my lions. Mm. And Thanksgiving, we're going to get that turkey. We're I going feel to get, it. And, and we're going to find a way. But you know what? We're not going to hold our heads down for long because you know what? That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. We're going to find a way to get it done yep. there on uh, Thanksgiving. 
Absolutely. And then one more shout out. Shout out to Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if you saw the video. Marshawn's Man. handing out turkeys in Hawaii. Did I uh, see that? Happy Thanksgiving. I was shouting out to Marshawn, you know? <laughs> that was, that was, I mean, only Marshawn could pull this off. We got to get him yeah. on the show. You know what? We got to. We got to get to. him on the show. That was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Uh, we got to get him on the show and uh, hey, make sure that we keep our, in our, in our prayers here too, as well, before we get out of here. Uh, Joe Dumars, who's been on the show, uh, he mm. lost his mom. Here this oh. week. So uh, just make sure to the Dumars family, our prayers and condolences are with you and, and your Always. family going through mm-hmm. this and uh, and knowing hey, they're a close knit family. So uh, just found that out as well. So just want to give a shout out to him and uh, what they're going through during the during this holiday time. Absolutely. We're thinking of you, Jody, uh, and the whole Dumars family. Again, we appreciate everyone who joins us on this ride and pushing through. We hope everyone has a very happy and safe Thanksgiving and we'll see you on Friday.